Hey everybody, this is Gordon in Boston. And this is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Build Phase. What's up, man? Yo. How you feeling? Um, about <laughs> 85%. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me this, this, how they swabbed your brain thing. Right. <laughs> so I went to the doctor and they wanted to make sure that I didn't have the flu that's going around or uh, H1N1. And previously when they do this, they usually do like a, a throat culture where they you know, stick that swab down your throat and gag you. So I wasn't looking forward to that. But apparently they don't do this anymore. They have a test where they can determine whether it's this variant of flu within 10 minutes. But the downside is, is that they have to swab your brain. <laughs> so there's this long, like, thin stick. Let the record show that you've got, you're making a signal with your hand. It's about six inches. I'm going to say foot. like eight. <laughs> eight yeah. inches? Like, like eight inches. And it like goes up your nose and you can like feel it like behind your eyebrow. <laughs> it's really intense. And it's just like a pinch. Like it's not that bad. And it's over really quick, but it's really gnarly. It's, it's the strangest feeling. It's like getting water in your nose in a pool, but way more intense and focused. Okay. <laughs> the good news, I do not have the flu. I just have some other random viral infection. All right. I'm good now. Okay, Don't good. worry about it. <laughs> so how else was your vacation? Uh, other than being sick, most yeah. of the time it was good. Had my parents out. How about yours? You were in Texas. I was in weeks. Texas. Yeah, it Drinking was awesome. in public. Yep. Yep. Should I elaborate? <laughs> of course. Yeah. No, my hometown, it's legal to uh, drink a beer in public basically I, I don't think you can walk around with like a can of beer but you can go to the brewery and get a beer to go and they give it to you in like a, a plastic cup and then you can just walk around on the street with it all this so it's a super kitschy little town so all the main street is just full of like little shops and all the shops are totally cool with you drinking in there <laughs> so so every time we go down my wife is like i want to go to main street to shop and i'm like perfect because i want to go to main street and drink <laughs> so is it just beer that's allowed yeah it's not like you can walk around with like a handle of vodka just like <laughs> you know but uh but yeah it's a pretty sweet deal so you just kind of like walk around and i just follow it she can i don't care you i don't care what shop you go into if i'm you know just walking around drinking and of course you know there's every shop we walk into there's probably someone that i know because it's a really small town you know mm -hmm. someone that i went to school with or someone that i know from town that never got out you know yeah. running into them and saying hey and there's a um there's a store called uh um rustlin robs <laughs> it's the best it's all like salsas and barbecue sauces and hot sauces and marinades and stuff like that. And so that's my favorite place because I get a beer from the brewery. The brewery is like a block away. And then we go to Russell and Rob's. And then I'm just walking around with a beer, tasting salsas and like dips and stuff. It's fantastic. So I tried a ghost chili salsa Whoa. when I was there. That's no joke. No, it was very, very, very spicy. It's kind of telling that a store like that can just stay afloat. Yeah. But probably in Texas only. It's it's really insane. I don't think I've ever seen a store like it. Like, it's just... 
rows and rows and of shelves of sauces from all these different kind of like local or local-ish companies, like Central Texas companies, and everything, every single thing in the entire store can be sampled. So there's a sample of every single – you You never have to be like, oh, maybe I'll like this. You can just try it and see if you like it. Every single thing in the store can be sampled. They have a whole room of, like, insane hot sauces. You know, like, all the weird hot sauces with, like, the crazy labels. They have, like, a 10 by 10 room Hmm. just full of those hot sauces you can try. Is that, like, the room in the back behind the beads? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, that's what it feels like. There are some hot sauces that have age requirements on them. <laughs> Pretty intense stuff. What do they have there to like try the sauces? Pretzels and like wheat thins, depending mm. on the sauce. Mm, right. And sometimes like if it's a marinade, they'll put it over cream cheese. Really nice. Huh. Sounds like a vacation destination. It's it's so much fun, dude. <laughs> are feeling refreshed i am i am i've been back for a whole week though so what do we miss do we have stuff that we missed over vacation i was actually really not on the twitter too much yeah i was hoping you could uh there was some i feel like there was some stuff that popped up that i was like oh maybe i should talk about that and then i didn't write it down so um the only kind of really interesting thing, I think, and it's in today's uh, iOS Dev Weekly, so it's not something that happened over the past like three weeks, but um, GDC um, Objective C Run OBJC dash Run. Uh, I heard about it. Tell tell me more. It's um, it's basically just a tiny shell script. I was just looking at the source and the whole, the shell script is 45 lines, including comments and white space. Um, and it's an executable script for creating command line scripts in objective C. So it lets you, it lets you write like, what we would normally use Ruby or Python or, you know, shell script for, we can actually do it in in Objective-C, which I think is kind of interesting. I'm not sure that I would want to write shell scripts in Objective-C, but you can, like, you can pass, a, like, a file into it, so you can pass an implementation file into it, and it'll just execute that file. Or you can use it as a shebang, so you can you can, you know... Tell it, you know, do the the hash bang and then point to where you have that script. And then it, if you create that script, make that file executable, then it'll just execute it with Objective-C run. Exactly the same way you would do with, like, Ruby or Python or anything. So, right. kind of cool. So, are you already rewriting your mail client? <laughs> no. Mm. <laughs> Oh man, my dad was giving me crap about Mutt when I got home too. <laughs> my dad was like, was like, oh no, you know, I I, I know exactly what. Like uh, he was giving me grief about 
because I was checking my email in terminal, and he was like, "That looks like DOS. What are you doing?" <laughs> I explained it to him. He was like, "Oh no, no, I get, I get the same thing. Uh, I have, I get, I check my email with Fortran." So, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I had no idea your dad was so technical. That's about it. <laughs> oh. No, I'm not rewriting anything in a, in Objective C. No, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting thing that's available. I'm not sure that I would use it, though, this Objective-C run. I, I don't know if there's anything else that popped up, honestly. Yeah, the whole world shuts down. Well, we relaunched our playbook. We did. Shameless plug. We're launching uh, NS Coder Night. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. We can plug that. So NS Coder Night has been defunct in Boston for some time? Yeah, so it started up, I think, in December of 2012 here in boston there was a chapter that started up and then the guy that was running it ran for like six eight months nine months something and then you know attendance dwindled he didn't have the time to kind of market it and and pay attention to it plus he was paying out of pocket for a bunch of stuff you know he was sponsoring it with his company but the you know you have to pay to be an organizer on meetup he was buying pizza for everybody and renting a room in a co-working space for people to show up and when it's only like five people every month it just kind of wasn't worth it for him to keep up with it so so he basically shut it down um late last year and i talked to him and we're gonna take it over here in boston uh at our office um we're going to try to do the third Thursday of uh, every month. So we're following Cocoa Heads. My kind of idea for it is I think it would be interesting to have – so you go to Cocoa Heads. So Cocoa Heads here in Boston is on the second Thursday of every month. And um, if you're not familiar with Cocoa Heads, it's kind of like a very, very small – I don't want to – like it's a meetup um, – Usually two, three, four talks, basically, we have here. Um, and then we go and, you know, dinner and drinks and that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to try to do... Basically, the idea is, like, you go to Cocoa Heads, you listen to these talks, maybe you hear something that is interesting to you, and so you start to implement it. And then a week later, we have NS Coder Night, where you can come and get help with those things that you heard the week previous, you know? Um, I think there'll be a nice synergy there. Got it. So it's more of a project night. <clears throat> That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So NS coder night is more of a, is, is more like a, a project night. So you come in with your projects, problems, whatever, sit around, you know, experienced people will be there. Inexperienced people will be there. Conversations will happen. People will be doing work. You can get help with stuff. Um, I almost never get anything done, like actually done. And I was talking to um, one of the people at Coco Heads that used to go to NS Coder Night, and he said the same thing. It's like if you're relatively experienced, you kind of assume that you're going to go to it and not get anything really done. Like it's not you're not going there for, to get work done. Um, but it's nice to be able to help people that aren't are having problems like not even at an experience level you know what i mean like 
maybe I'm having problems with a a framework that I'm not completely understand it. You know, I don't have a firm, firm grasp on, and you do have a firm grasp on it, and you can help me figure out my problems with that. That's a really nice um, thing to be able to have available. Got it. And the first night, you already have that locked down? Are you ready to announce yep. it? So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be the day after this podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast, it's tomorrow night. So it's Thursday, the Thursday, January 16th here in Boston is going to be the first one. What time is that? 6.30. Okay. 6.30 to 9.30. And where, so where are you in Boston? 41 Winter Street. So right downtown Boston next to the Park Street Station, basically. And hopefully we'll be running it every month. It's on Meetup. I'll put a link to the Meetup in the show notes. Awesome. You guys need to do something like this in San Francisco. It's. I'm just. Saying, it's, I'm going to call you out. Yeah, thanks. It, it's it's coming together, <laughs> and we have nothing to announce. So, thank you. <laughs> we're we're piquing people's interests. <clears throat> yeah. You know, actually, everything's in place. We just haven't found vegan catering yet. No. <laughs> in-house in-house pour overs is that what you guys you guys have like a barista so we I mean it? I guess I could do that <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> off of the coffee I haven't had coffee in three weeks really yeah I've had two coffees in the past hour I'm really tired <laughs> I'm feeling really good from it yeah. yeah I'm sleeping like six hours a night seven hours a night and I'm totally good yeah and the strange thing is is that I've fallen into this pattern where I'll sleep for three hours, I'll wake up, and I'll just be up for like an hour, hour and a half, two hours, and then just go back to sleep for three more, and then wake up. It's kind of interesting. During those two hours, nice. I just like mill around. I've been like sketching on my iPad, <laughs> just doing creative type things. Uh-huh. <clears throat> According to Alex here in the office, this is how people in medieval times used to sleep. Medieval humans. Medieval. Humans. Yeah. So what else you want to talk about? Um, you said you want to talk about New Year's resolutions? Yeah. Code development related New Year's resolutions? Yes. Yes, I do. Specifically, I think this year is going to be the year of... Linux on the desktop. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make me laugh. I'm... It throws me into a coughing fit. <laughs> the, sorry, I forgot you're at the brink of death. <laughs> oh, Linux on the desktop. Okay, sorry. Go on. It's the year of... No, I, I, 2013 for me was was uh, basically upping my, my programming game and refining my skills. And I think 2014 is going to be getting better at the the business side of what we do. Hmm. I'm resolving to be better with email. If I think it was two episodes ago, I was talking about my, my horrible email habits. And so yeah. I'm trying to whip those into shape and trying to be better organized. And uh, it sounds cliche, but learning to say no, which I think is very, very important in what we do. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of ran myself ragged last year a little bit. It, it, yeah. It's too easy to fall into the trap of trying to please everyone because you think that that's your job and it's mm -hmm. easy to forget 
who you work for. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I work for ThoughtBot, and ThoughtBot works for the client. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I need to, that's how I need to treat it. I, I need to remember that like ThoughtBot says, you know, we're not going to overwork ourselves, so I shouldn't be stepping outside of those bounds either. Even though it's right, all right. it's all in the best interest of of the client and the pro- getting the best work done possible. Right. 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 But if you burn yourself out, then you're not doing the right thing for a thoughtbot or yourself. Right. So maybe maybe the client gets a short term benefit by having their product out faster and better in shorter shorter number of days than they would have had it but the long-term effect of that is that you know potentially we lose you as an employee just because you get burned out and you can't deal with it anymore i'm talking about like worst case scenario but you know what i mean right yeah it could it could even it could even affect the client if it's a long-term project like the last one i was on yeah 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 yeah, if you're on the client for, you know, six, eight, ten months, a year, that kind of a thing, you know, by the end of that year, if you've just been going pedal to the ground the whole time, you're not going to be doing your best work even if you think you are. Right. And it, it took time away for me to to really realize that. And, you know, I came back yesterday. It was my first day back. And I felt so great. I felt on the ball. I was on top of everything. And I was thinking, yeah. this is how every day should feel. And right. if I'm not feeling this way every day, then I'm doing something wrong. Something is out of balance. It's just when you're that far down the rabbit hole, you just can't right. see the landscape. And so it was easy to uh, convince myself that I had been doing the right thing because it was harder to admit that I was doing the wrong thing and mm-hmm. still feeling like crap. Mm-hmm. So when you justify that to yourself... It, it, it's, I mean, it's easy to justify that to yourself because you've been putting in all this work and all of this effort. So that's going to change this year. Right. And it's not about not working outside of kind of these set work hours, right? Like I go home and, you know, I'll hack on stuff. The difference is that I don't go home and hack on client work. I don't go home and work on stuff that I feel like I have to work on. I go home and I work on stuff that I want to work on. So it's like, you know, I think especially in our field where people, so much of what we do is where people tend to be passionate about it, or at least people that are outspoken tend to be passionate about it. There's definitely people who are able to, you know, they, they code from, from nine to five and then they punch out and they don't think about it the rest of the time. But the, the kind of vocal people in our field are not those kind of people. You know what I mean? They, they, you know, thinking of new projects, thinking of new things, wanting to learn new things, you know, and those are the kind of people that we hire here. And so I think it's easy to get in this trap of, of, well, I'm doing it because I'm passionate about it and I enjoy doing it. And you can enjoy working on your client work, but there, there's, I don't know, there's like this subtle difference for me mentally between working on something because I have to hit a deadline and working on something, just, just hacking on something, just, even if it's just, uh, again, like screwing around with mutt, you know what I mean? Or like I got a raspberry pie at my house and I spent three hours screaming at it 
for being Linux, basically. Um, but, and it was like aggravating and annoying, but that was f- still kind of fun. You know what I mean? And that, that's not, that's very, very different than being like, I have to implement this feature tonight in my spare time because if I don't, you know, we're not going to hit this deadline. Yeah. And, and that comes back to remembering that you work for a consultancy that works for the client right. and that if you're putting in these extra hours, you're almost cheating your direct employer out of more business. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Our job, our job is actually to make ThoughtBot money, right? Like we're, we're the product that ThoughtBot sells as kind of weird as that is. Um, and so if you are doing stuff outside of, if you're working for a consulting agency that gets billed, that bills hourly or weekly, like we do, and we don't do fixed bid contracts, you know, we're purely on an hourly or weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Then if you start kind of fudging those lines and giving more than, you know, doing more than say like the 32 hours of work per week that we give to clients, you start giving them 40, 45 hours. You're just literally hand giving away, you know, those 10, 15 hours that could be billable hours that are not being billed for, you know, that's two days of work that ThoughtBot isn't making money on. Right. Yeah. You're actually, I mean, if, if you go by hour, you're, you're lowering your hourly rate. You're, di- exactly. you're diluting your rate by doing exactly. That. Yeah. No, I think we've both been, you know, this was kind of the first full year for both of us. Right. So we both started in 2012 and this is the first 2013 was the first full January to December that we both have been here. Um, I think we both kind of did the same thing in terms of not taking enough time off. I brag about ThoughtBot. I don't want this to be a, this episode to just be about how awesome ThoughtBot is and whatever. But, um, like I brag about ThoughtBot. I brag about our, like, PTO policy, you know, we have unlimited PTO and, um, that's awesome. And I brag about it. And then people go, well, yeah, but do you use it? And I'm like, I haven't, but that doesn't mean I can't. Cause there's, you know, there's that stigma of like unlimited PTO with big freaking air quotes around it. Um, because the, you know, there's a lot of places that use unlimited PTO as a way to keep people in house. Um, and that's, not the reason we have it. But at the same time, I have been, I know I have been bad about not taking time off because I feel like maybe I should. Part of it is that I like coming into work. Part of it is I like coming into work. I like the people that are here. I like the office, you know, all that stuff. But I haven't been great about asserting myself and taking the time off that maybe I should, you know. Yeah, it, it's easy to forget when you're having fun and the months just fall yep. off. And yep, yeah, totally been there. Do Do yep. you think that companies that offer this um, unlimited PTO should also kind of mandate like a baseline for that? I don't like know. It's unlimited, but you have to at least take two. And that right. seems completely reasonable because any business, I think, is going to offer you at least 
two weeks of vacation. Two, yeah, yeah. You know, at least you have to be out of the office doing something else two weeks a year. We don't want to see you for two weeks. But then you can take as much as you want. Do you think that would help? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, think, it, I think it would have – yeah, maybe. I think it would. If you have a baseline number to hit, you know. Like I was definitely better about taking time off when I had a conscious number in my head of here's how many days I have available, you know. But I also hated my job, right? So there was that too where it's like I'm not going into work today because screw it, (laughs) you know. Uh, You know, Um, like I don't call in sick because I don't ever wake up with that feeling of like, ugh, I do not want to go through this crap today, you know? Um, and that's where a lot of my PTO time went in my last job was just kind of like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> I'm staying here in bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally been there. And then, and then the flip side is I come in and do a podcast and then cough for five minutes after you make a Linux joke. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm going to try to be better about taking time off this year. Um, and not just taking time off for conferences, right? That's That that was kind of my excuse for myself last year was like, well, I've been um, – my excuse for myself last year was like, well, I haven't taken personal time off, but I have taken time away from the office. I went to NS North last year. I went to WWDC last year. Um. And so that's, it's hard to not count that as vacation time for me, like mentally. Uh, But there's definitely a difference between going to a conference and, you know, drinking with a bunch of nerds versus going somewhere with my wife for a week. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just kind of like getting away from stuff. Right. And then drinking in a toy store. And drinking in a toy store. (laughs) Totally different. (laughs) Totally different. Um But no, I mean, it was like, like, honestly, this, you know, taking two weeks off, going back to Texas, just like hanging out with my wife and, you know, road trips and airports and that whole thing. It's just a different, it's a different kind of vacation. It's different, you know, getting away from all that. So I need to do more of that this year for sure. Mm -hmm. Speaking of NS North, are you attending this year? I am. I think... There's going to be a strong ThoughtBot presence at NS North this year. I think just I'm excited. Just about everyone in, in the in the U.S. offices is going. I believe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's going to be four, five of us there. Five of us. It's going to be you, me, you, me, you, me, Tony, Theo, and Diana are all going to go. Excellent. And Jack, Jack, Jack from Stockholm is not going to go ah. because that's a long flight. Yes, <laughs> it's a little, you know, it's a little more expensive to go to NS North when you're in Stockholm. Right, right. I'm looking forward to it. I'm too. This will actually be my first non-Apple um, developer conference. Yeah, it was my first conference ever. Right. So this was, I went last year and it was just me and it was kind of, um, a big thing for me personally to, to get myself to just go to this conference in Ottawa where I had never, never been to Ottawa, never been, um, 
So I'd never been to Ottawa, never been to a conference, did not know a single person at the conference, just getting myself to just go. You know what I mean? Um, that's not something that I've historically been super good at, just kind of like putting myself out there and just going to a thing. But it was awesome. It's a it's a really, really awesome conference, and I walked away with a bunch of friends, you know, people that I've still stayed in touch with on Twitter and ran into at WWDC, and um, I'm excited to get back up there and, you know, uh, hang out with a bunch of those same people, and um, the lineup this year looks freaking awesome. Last year was great, but the lineup this year looks especially awesome. Looking forward to it. That's sort of uh, networking is what I'm looking forward to about NS North. It's possible at WWDC, but there are just so many people there. And you're in San Francisco, and they're spread out at night. And it's hard to keep track of where everyone is. I imagine at the smaller event, it's maybe just a few places right around wherever the convention is. And pretty much the, all the attendees are there, right? Yeah. So NS North is capped at 100 tickets. Wow. So right off the bat, right off the bat, you're you're going from a conference with you know what what's WWDC is fifty thousand people, is that right? Mm, I don't know off the top of my head. I can't even pull a random number. Um, I think that's right. I could be off by a magnitude of ten. <laughs> it's either fifty thousand or five thousand. I have a feeling it's fifty thousand. But no, that can't no, be right. that's five thousand. It's got to be five thousand. Yeah. Yeah, 5,000. It's got to be 5,000. So I was off by magnitude of 10. Whatever. 5,000 people. Still, 5,000 people, you're not socializing. So 5,000 people at the conference, plus everybody like me last year who went without a ticket. You know what I mean? And there was a bunch of people like uh, Alt-WWDC, now Alt-Conf, was was packed last year. Every freaking session at Alt-WWDC was completely full, standing room only. Um, so there's a big difference between a conference of that size and a conference like NS North and Dan and Philip, Philippe, Philippe, Canadian. So it's all Frenchy. Um, but Dan and Philippe like put a lot of effort into, um, making sure that there's a lot of social activity built into the conference, like really just kind of forcing social activity upon you, whether you want to do it or not, which is really really great um so lots of lots of uh you know hey we have to like literally leave our the space that we're in so at one point you know they needed to they had this big um banquet dinner on saturday night and uh so they had to rearrange the room that we were in for this banquet dinner and so we had to leave for like two hours so we all got drink tickets and the entire conference moved to a bar down the street. So we got to walk through, walk through Ottawa a little bit, see a little bit of Ottawa and then go to this bar and just socialize. That's all it was, you know, big breaks in between sessions designed for socializing. Um, and then every night was like contingencies going out to bars and going to these places and, um, eating poutine and drinking, <laughs> bourbon and scotch and <laughs> fantastic it's just it's a blast i'm probably most excited for the poutine oh and man. then the socializing and then the speakers <laughs> yeah. in that order 
gravy on fries is something that United States citizens should get down with. Yeah. You, you think that it would sure. be right up their alley. I mean, what's not to like? Yeah. Gravy, good. Yeah. Fries, good. Cheese, good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So what other uh, what other resolutions we have? I want to learn a new language this year. I really do. I want to. I want to. I want to wrap my head around functional programming. I, I mentioned this a little bit in the last episode before we went on break, but I want to wrap my head around functional programming, and I want to. I want to learn Haskell. Um, I want to learn Haskell for the purposes of learning functional programming, but but um, I'm kind of intrigued by that, and I think it's a. Uh, I'm 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 with you. I I do feel yeah. like the the wind is starting to change a bit, and I I do have this feeling that I I need to learn something new to keep myself from going stale. But I'm going to go at functional programming from the reactive cocoa side. I think that's yeah no that's totally valid and ease into it a bit. I don't know if I could just yeah. jump into Haskell and grok it in any reasonable amount of time. Yeah. I mean, I'm only I'm only four. So when we were talking last time, it was after the holiday party, and I had I was I'll put a link to this because I never put a link to it in the last last time shown us. But we had done this project in functional programming to analyze your shell history, basically. So like, how many times have you run each command? Waited. So you run this thing, and it, it looks like the last ten or the top ten shell commands that you run in your zsh history weighted by like frequency of occurrence times length of command kind of a thing right um it's just done for an exercise but when i when i was talking about it last time i i was i was saying that i didn't understand it at all right like i could look at the the program that we wrote look at the code that we wrote and i just didn't i didn't get it um so over the break, I started reading Learn You a Haskell. Um, I started reading Learn You a Haskell, and I started kind of going through and trying to figure it out more. And just four chapters into Learn You a Haskell. Um, after four chapters of Learn You Haskell, I went back and I looked at, at that project, and I understood most of it. Still, there's still some – they're doing some um, more – complex stuff like that i'm still not 100 percent on but just once i got past like pattern matching and understanding how pattern matching works and um and the way f function definitions actually like type signatures and stuff like once i understood type signatures and pattern matching probably about 60 70 percent of what we wrote in haskell made sense um so it's not as complex as it appears from the outside. There's complex concepts in it. You know what I mean? Um, you start getting into, mo like, I still don't understand what monads are or how they really work, but um, Haskell as a language is actually really kind of nice. There was a great... Um a great tutorial posted on Ray Winterlich's site from, uh, oh boy. Hmm. 
it was a it was a great primer on reactive cocoa, and I'm going to try to find it here. It's a fellow we've talked about on the show before, Ryan Nyquist. There Ryan it is. Ryan Nyquist. Yeah. Oh, it's excellent. Who I met, I I met him at NS North last year. Actually, I don't. I think he's going again this year. So it's this uh, iOS seven best practices, a weather app case study. Hmm. And the first part, if you're a intermediate developer shouldn't be uh too surprising but the second part where he dives into using reactive cocoa is really interesting and after following this tutorial and just kind of reading through it i think i definitely understand its merits now yeah yeah kind of got me excited about it i'm on board i want to learn more i think uh ash furrow has a book coming out as well it's it's out oh it's out. Yeah. I, I bought I haven't read it yet. Um, but yeah, it's functional reactive programming for iOS with reactive Coker or something like that. All right. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. I'm still not a hundred percent on board with like using reactive cocoa. Uh, but again, I don't fully understand it yet. Um, I do think that stuff like MVVM is kind of an interesting concept to start looking at. Um, and then, and I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but stuff like um, uh, Gary Bernhardt's, Gary Bernhardt is a Ruby developer. He's probably better known in the Ruby community, but he has this concept of like um, functional core imperative shell. So you build you build your application with these like functional modules, value in value out immutable modules, and then you wrap those nice, clean, easily testable modules in a in a an imperative shell. That that's where all the state lives, and that's where all the other kind of conditional crap that you have to deal with lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an interesting concept. He's got. A, I'll link to a couple talks or one of the talks anyway that he did, and it's an interesting concept and. Um, I think it can be something that can be applied to what we're doing pretty easily. Are you, are you talking about boundaries? Is is that the, the video I saw making the rounds recently? Yeah. I actually have that sitting in my downloads folder and I've been meaning to watch it. I, yeah, I, it's, it's fantastic. I think I, I watched it a few, uh, like a month ago or so, um, during, you know, on a Friday, I just kind of sat down and watched it and it's, it's really, really, really interesting. He does this kind of like where he goes, here's how you do this in object-oriented fashion. Now, here's how you would do it in a functional fashion. Using Ruby as an example, you know, but he's like, here's, here's this uh, as a functional thing. Here's it as a, a object-oriented thing. And here it is as, and the one that caught my eye was, here it is as a functional thing that looks like an object-oriented thing. You know, so he's creating an object, he's creating object, Everything looks like you're doing like OO design, but when you actually look at the implementation, it's a totally functional implementation. Just kind of that's cool. very interesting. So stuff like you know, like he instead of instead of you know mutating self or a, a property of self, the the method was actually creating a new instance of the class of self setting the properties on it and then returning that. Oh, okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like, uh, Gary Bernhardt was on 
Giant Robots, episode <laughs> 26. Yeah. In December of 2012. We'll throw that in the show notes as well. So what else do we want for 2014? I don't know, Gordon. World peace? <laughs> I think it's going to be a good year. Yeah, I do too. Want to wrap it up? Yeah. Show notes for this episode are going to be located at podcast.thoughtbot.com slash buildphase slash 22. Uh, we want to hear from you, so email us at buildphase at thoughtbot.com or reach out to us on Twitter or app.net at buildphase. If you're enjoying the show, uh, we'd really appreciate ratings or reviews on iTunes. Uh, it helps us reach more listeners. All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks.